Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Botcher. And I'm Carrie Pop. I'm not Carrie Poppy. <laughs> the little girl's going to get so mad at you. <laughs> you know what? I had a spammer recently email me and use the name Carrie Poppy. And so I shouldn't have responded to them, but I was just caught in the moment. I wrote back, you are not Carrie Poppy. <laughs> Just a random stranger. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Now I'll get a ton more spam messages. <laughs> good but for you. I felt good about myself. I just put some things on Craigslist and I've been getting spammers and they're so bad at it. They'll say like, I love your item. I can't <laughs> wait to see it. It looks so good. Write Ooh, me back. <laughs> I just write back to all of them like, be a better scammer. So we're Savvy Consumers. I'm Ross Blodger. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And this week we're going to tell you about... This might be my favorite favorite thing we've done you were super excited about this in advance yeah and i was like hmm okay what is this <laughs> we have to go back to the place we were at before yeah you know, I'll, I'll be honest i wasn't that into it but i now, now agree are this, you into it no this was fantastic so it was up in joshua tree that's what you mean by going back from whence we came right it was holotropic breathing holotropic breath work was the name of the seminar but i've had it on our list i think since the show yeah. started yeah you have it's really hard to find someone that does it and it's this special breathing you do that gives you visions. Some people say it's just like being high. The idea is to have a trip essentially without any illicit drugs. Right. And a lot of the practitioners say you're not just having a hallucination. You're actually contacting the divine. You're getting these like special messages from the great beyond. And doing all of this just with the pattern with and intensity breath. of your breathing. So you're probably thinking, boy, this type of breathing must be hard to learn. I was thinking that. Yeah. Has it been around for a long time? I don't know. Well, let's see. Well, Stan Groff, who seems to have at least popularized it. An LSD researcher who then couldn't research LSD anymore because it was illegal. Yeah. He died pretty recently. So okay. he at least popularized the term holotropic breathing. Okay. And I heard about this a long time ago, and it just fascinated me that I could maybe invoke this state in myself just by breathing. It's just such a wild thought. Now, at this point, I still don't know what holotropic is supposed to mean. I picture like, like a hologram and... And the tropics. Yeah, it's like if the tropics had nothing in them, they were hollow. <laughs> okay. Did they ever tell us what holotropic means? I don't think they ever unpacked that. Let's see. Moving towards wholeness. Moving towards wholeness. I don't feel like if I broke down that word into its constituent parts, mm. I would get moving toward wholeness, but maybe I would. All right. Well, I'll take their word for it. So we finally found a place that was going to do it. It was in Joshua Tree at the retreat center we had just spent time at for the right, UFO Right, at conference. the Institute of Mental Physics. Yep. We're like, oh, we know it well. <laughs> we know that campus. At least it's beautiful. So Carrie said, hey, you want to sign up for this? And it was $439 initially. We both paid for it. And then we ended up each paying another $85 to stay there so five hundred four yeah five hundred twenty four dollars total Whew, a little pricey pretty penny but if we were able to contact the divine using our breath it would be worth it sure oh and, boy and you're getting two full days and part of a third with food and everything and mm -hmm. lodging so yeah. cool it's a good thing we signed up when we did because apparently it sold out really pretty popular fast. Yeah. yeah 
There's a guy named Michael who's here in L.A. who's kind of the guy for holotropic breathing around here. Yeah, he told us later that he had experienced it himself, and he thought, I want to share this with everybody else, and he realized, that doesn't really exist in any form in L.A. I guess I'll be the guy. Yeah, it's a good attitude. Yeah. And he studied under Stan Groff, the guy who- Oh, did he? Popularized this, yes. Fancy. So the first thing that we were told to do was to watch a video of Michael giving a talk on holotropic breathing. He sent us many emails. Yes, that's There's correct. There's a, a lot of information. You could never accuse him of under-informing you. That's true. You might accuse him of over-informing mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are many emails with many attachments and things to sign in advance. And oh, don't forget this, this, this. And things are bolded and things are red. And oh, here's an additional attachment. Oh, here's another thing in a separate email. So yeah, there was a lot of things from Michael. And for me, that like throws it's me like off. It's like one of your pet peeves. Right. Like, uh, put it all together in one place because then I feel like I can't read any one piece until I can read them all together. Right. Then I put it off. But yeah, he wanted us to watch this 45-minute video, which we watched together. And it's him in a room. It's with, him in a room. With bad sound. At this sort of seminar for heightened consciousness kind of thing in LA. Mm-hmm. And yes, they have put a mic somewhere in the room. Not on him though, sir. Or no, sir. No, sir. Not on him. Yeah, it's just this kind of echoey space with cars going by outside. Yeah. He's explaining essentially what you need to know before you get started. And so we're thinking, okay, maybe he's going to explain how you do it, like some of the safety tips. But it was more like a history and theoretical understanding of holotropic breathing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and there wasn't yet like a how-to, like, oh, here's step one, you lay down and you put a mask on, none of that yet. (laughs) So he told us that using holotropic breathing, you can access memories you don't otherwise have access to, like your natal memories. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Yes, who does it remind you of? He also mentioned that sometimes it'll be difficult and you've just got to get through it. The only way out is through. The only way out is through. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Scientology talk here. What's going on? Yeah. So we immediately went and Googled to see if Stan Groff was a follower of L. Ron Hubbard. Stan Groff, the founder and discoverer, potentially, (laughs) of of holotropic breathwork. Correct. There is an article he wrote called Physical Manifestations of Emotional Disorders. Hmm. And in that, he does sort of sing L. Ron Hubbard's praises, says one of the few systems that recognize the powerful psychotraumatic impact of physical traumas has been Ron Hubbard's Scientology, and then goes on to explain auditing and engrams. Which was quite popular during the drug-fueled era, so makes mm-hmm. sense that he'd be familiar with it. And then says, unfortunately, the abuse of Scientological knowledge for pursuit of power and money has discredited Hubbard's important theoretical contributions. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad he caught on to that piece. Yeah. <laughs> Very much reminds me, though, of independent Scientology, where it's like, no, 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 the tech's all good. The tech's all good. I wonder, though, if he hadn't have taken exception to some of their practices, if he could have then joined Scientology and added holotropic breathwork mm. as part of their repertoire. Then again, it wasn't created by L. Ron Hubbard, so they wouldn't be interested. True. But it sure would improve Scientology. Yeah. So it was kind of this lengthy history theory talk. I didn't get a ton out of it, but it was pleasant. He's a pleasant guy. Very unassuming guy. Mm -hmm. Not your overconfident salesman type at all. Yeah, you don't get at all the cult leader vibe from him whatsoever. He's just a friendly looking fellow with kind of a mop of hair, humbly telling you all these things. Nice guy. He did mention that part of his journey into holotropic breathwork was going to South America and doing plant medicine. That was the first time I heard the term plant medicine, but it Mm. wouldn't be the last. (laughs) Meaning probably 
specifically ayahuasca. We would hear about that a lot at this event, people who felt like there was a connection between plant medicine and holotropic breathwork, that they kind of access the same portals. Which gave me a lot of confidence in holotropic breathwork if all these people who had done ayahuasca and other plant medicine would be interested in doing this. Totally. And not just for the first time. Oh, wow. Okay. This must really have an effect. Yeah. So were we all prepared then after having watched that video? Were you ready to go? You'd think so. (laughs) You'd think so. But no, we also had a one hour conference call that we needed to join in on. Yes. Why not? And actually, Michael called me 9 p.m. or something. It was fine. I was up. But like called him was like, are you going to be on the conference call? He's really on it. (laughs) Mm hmm. So we did. We joined, uh, joined yeah, a he, conference he call. Yeah, he emailed to find out which of the three conference calls I'd be on. Right. And none of them were convenient times, but <laughs> uh, we were able to join on together. So yeah, we called and there were, I think, like four people on the call. And he was saying that there were going to be like 53, 54 participants at the seminar. Wow. Yeah. And that there were like 30 on the wait list. Yeah. Crazy. Insane. Things in demand. So he went over some of the stuff that was on the video. Yeah. But also some just logistics about, you know, getting to the place. The location and all of that. All stuff that was in the emails, but we're being thorough here. (laughs) Sure. If we told you everything we covered in this phone call, we would spoil the entire episode because he just walked you through exactly what was going to happen, who was going to be where, what they were going to do. Your safe word is stop. (laughs) Yeah, that was really cute. If you yell, cut it out, let me out of this thing. I don't want to do this anymore. We'll assume that's just part of your experience. You need to say stop. (laughs) Right, right, right. Essentially, just wanted to make sure we were completely and utterly prepared for this to happen. And now we are. Yeah. (laughs) So we drove up on a Friday night. We made a quick stop at an end times (laughs) prophecy seminar. You guys already heard about it in the last episode. It yeah. was Forerunner Ministries. It took forever. So we were just stopping there on our way to Holotropic Breathwork. Forever Ministries. <laughs> Indeed, that would be more accurate. And then we made our way over to Joshua Tree and we got to the retreat center sometime after 2 a.m. And we had to get up at, what was it, 8.15? Something like that. Well, you could go to breakfast or not. And I think I skipped mm, breakfast. You skipped breakfast. I did not. Like, I'm getting my breakfast. I paid $524. Yeah, fair. And was the breakfast good? I bet it was good. Judging by the rest of the food that weekend, I'm going to say your breakfast was dynamite. My breakfast was good. Yeah, I oh. mean, it was simple stuff. It was like a bagel, cream cheese, and oatmeal. Okay. But hey, it was good. And I met my roommate i'd come in late at night and i heard his breathing and it sounded soft and steady so i thought oh good well i didn't wake him up already opening the door you were texting me and you said that there was like a really cool kind of weird random cupboard back near the bathroom yeah this was so strange like like this extra little triangular spot they're like oh we have an extra little gap in the building let's make a cubby out of it you open a door a closet door Instead of there being a a rectangle in front of you like you're used to, there's a triangle in front of you. Barely enough to maybe hang a couple items. It's just a very (laughs) strange shape. So I go to check this out with my phone on as a flashlight. Uh, Then I go back to bed. So the next morning, I see my roommate at the breakfast. And he's got a very long beard, which I later learned he's been growing for these past 11 years. Wow. And I say to him, oh, I hope I didn't uh, wake you up last night. He says, well... I woke you up this morning, so we're even. <laughs> I was like, oh, this okay. is the start of a beautiful relationship. <laughs> yeah, but there was a little bit of playfulness to it, too. And so then there were two other folks, I think a couple. 
I'm not sure. They clearly came together, but there was another gentleman and a much younger lady who came to join me at the table. We all had a nice conversation. We talked about uh, books that we were reading that we liked. And I mentioned that I was reading Doubt, A History by Jennifer Michael Hecht. And she turns to me and she says, oh, Doubt. Sounds like those people need some energy work on their spleens and kidneys. That's exactly right. I'm sure it's all true. And, and it was funny because the other two were like, no, no, doubt's really important. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, all right. I'm getting the tone of some of this audience yeah. <laughs> and some of the rest. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways, now I'd met my roommate. And you told me about a, another guy, that woman's boyfriend, who we'll call Stephen. Okay. I forget what you said about him, but you just said like, oh, he's just like a little funky, a little off or something like that. So I ran into him <laughs> later and he said, I'm Stephen. And I remembered that he had met you. Obviously, I wasn't going to say, oh, Ross said you were weird. So I said like, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I think you met my buddy Ross. Uh, he said he met a really nice guy named Stephen. And he, he said, yep. <laughs> that sounds like the Stephen I know. <laughs> Okay, cool. This, I can tell this is going to be a riveting conversation, so I'm going to move on. And we'll call my roommate Jeff. Uh, I, too, had a roommate. Yes. I met her the next morning. And you didn't wake her up because she wasn't there. Wasn't wasn't there. She was really cool, very down-to-earth person about my age. I'll call her Yvette. Okay. Yeah, Yvette was really cool, and she had done ayahuasca and like a bunch of psychotropics, and that's what led her into this uh, consciousness work. As had Jeff, my roommate, he had tried many different things. He named a few during the course of our conversations. I just remember Kava Kava because ah. that was easy to remember, and I looked it up after the conversation. But, <laughs> after uh, the conversation. Uh, yeah, clearly tried many different things, and this gave me great confidence. Like, oh, this guy who's confidence. experienced with, <laughs> with so many things, he's doing holotropic breath work. Yeah, so we would hear a bunch of different sort of uh, buzz terms around this area, like altered states and advanced consciousness that kind of... Uh, it was the umbrella term for both holotropic breathing and using psychedelics or whatnot to achieve the same end goal. Indeed. The previous night, if we had gotten there early, there was an early pre-workshop, a one-hour breathwork session, but it was okay. It was optional. You didn't have to be there, so we weren't missing out by going to the church instead. And then on Saturday morning, there was a 9.15 a.m. to 10.15 a.m. pre-breathwork preparation session, just in case you missed the phone call. <laughs> Want to make sure this is thoroughly demystified for everybody. Yeah. So we got there for the check-in, and I think that's when you woke up. It started at 9.30. So we went there to sign the final paperwork, make sure we had all that in order. And there's a waiver there just to make sure you don't sue them if you die right essentially stub your toe not their fault also we had to sign a thing that said like the water's not potable here and everyone kept telling us not to drink that water oh yeah they kept saying there's a few extra minerals there you don't need so we've provided for you an extra gallon of water and then at every session they had a jug of water nearby one of those big gatorade container kind of things that you dump on a coach's head and uh, <laughs> then you could use that to fill and up your water bottle that's what we did i used my water bottle right and left but we didn't dump it on a coach's head nope so we went to we should this... have dumped it on Michael's head. That would have been a sweet <laughs> gesture. A nice so we went to that first meeting and everyone went around and introduced themselves, said why they were there. Yeah, this is the opening circle and intro talk. 
This is the non-optional one, at least the one for everyone who's now prepared. And this was the first and certainly not the last time we were told to be brief, which I was so glad that they kept hammering this home because it is the sort of group of people who probably could sit there and tell you about their dreams for three hours. For a long time. Yeah. So they have someone waiting there with a little uh, handbell kind of thing to go ding. You have been talking too long. To let you know that you've been going too long. And then a ding. When (laughs) you have really been going too long. It's two and a half minutes. Stop. Yeah. So yeah, we went around and they wanted us to talk about why we are doing this. Anything. We wanted to work on. Yeah. Anything we were looking for or concerned about. Anything like that. We could raise those issues. We were also told not to tell any stories that would identify anyone in this group. So we won't be doing that. Right. With the exception, of course, of like ourselves ourselves and our coordinators, but we won't tell you any of their personal stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there were seven facilitators total, including Michael. So he had a crew of experienced people who had done all this before multiple times and could help monitor everything that went on. An abundance of caution was layered on top of everything done here. So yeah, yeah, they, they were facilitating this whole process. And right away, as they were going around, and everyone saying their name and why they're here. People really opened up to these oh complete strangers goodness, about yeah. like what was going on for them. And, and we're in the sanctuary that you may remember from our Contact in the Desert UFO conference. So this is the same place where Stephen Greer gave his talk. Nick Pope. Eric von Doniken, Senator Mike Gravel, and the first talk with Giorgio Sukalos. So it was just weird that now we're sitting in a circle in this room that before was rows of seats, mm-hmm. all facing each other. And there were like 55, 56. There were 58. 58. And I counted them that's one just, at a time. That's just participants, not including the seven. No, that includes the, the staff. facilitators. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a big group. There would later be 59 when a woman came in late. So very impressively, they got this all to fit within an hour and a half, us doing all this, which is a mighty feat. Yeah. But yeah, like you're saying, people were opening their hearts up. One person was talking about really difficult problems with depression. Mm -hmm. Other people who had substance abuse problems or victims of physical abuse. Personal issues they needed to work out with parents and others. Yeah. And then just the more general, but also still vulnerable to share with strangers, stuff like, I just don't know where I'm going in my life. Or, you know, I just went through this major transition and I feel totally adrift. Then it gets to me and Ross and we're like, well, we're just very curious and uh, we'll see if this works. (laughs) Yeah, my my comment was, I'm just worried I'm going to be the one person for whom this doesn't work. Right. And there had been someone else who'd said something kind of similar and made me feel a little at home there. But yeah, it was just I really was worried that I would overthink this and I'd be just kind of sitting there on the mat for however many hours and in my head too much. Right. So yeah, I, I was just worried. I don't know what's going to happen. At this point, no one had explained exactly the technique right. itself. I was kind of caught between two thoughts. Like they're talking about how this can be very healing for people and to share if that's something that you want to get out of this, but also don't have any expectation for what you're going to get out of this. Right. Um, and, the, yeah. and I really didn't have an expectation. I was just like, this sounds fun and cool. Uh-huh. Uh, whatever happens is fine with me. And so then I was like, oh, but should I be thinking of a thing to heal too? So then I'm having an organic, real experience. So I kind of got in my head about that. But mm. anyway. Um, I did that briefly and thought, nah, no, I don't really have any huge issues I need to work out, but I am mm-hmm. in it for this experience. Right. And uh, abundant 
reminders that everyone's experience is unique and you don't need to perform or do anything in particular and your mileage may vary. So every statement was accompanied by all of these kind of error bars, essentially. And we heard at least 10 mentions of plant medicine from the various people going around the circle, different things that they had tried. Again, giving me more confidence in this. Like, oh, well, they're here and clearly they know how to get a solid high. Right. (laughs) Cool. So Uh, a very friendly open group. It felt very supportive. Felt like I could have said anything if I did want to reveal any really difficult issues. And I wouldn't feel embarrassed or judged. Yeah, definitely. So what happened after that? Then it was time for lunch. Ooh, what was lunch that day? We'd spend our morning getting prepared. You know, I don't remember exactly. Usually I write down exactly what I eat, but I waited too long and I forgot. But it was delicious. Probably something with lemon. These people love lemon. Life handed them lemons and they made us lunch, dinner, and breakfast (laughs) with lemons. Yeah, everything. But it was was good food. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, they had brought in their own cooking staff. And I got to say, I would hire these people in an instant. You know what? I think the first lunch was probably your least favorite of the meals. Mm. It was the Mediterranean food. Oh, go figure. Okay. I ate a lot of hummus and pita. Oh, oh, man. It was so good. There was like some big tofu and hummus and pita and tabbouleh. Yeah, they always Mm. had uh, vegan Mm -hmm. options. And there was someone there who was gluten-free. So there was always like a little bowl that said like, this is for Susie. Right. Don't touch this. Yeah, (laughs) unless you're Susie. But certainly not (laughs) if you're a slice of bread. Very good. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so we went to lunch. That was good. Then... Then we had free time. The free time was after lunch, but it's 15 minutes. (laughs) That's right. Oh, yeah. Do whatever you need with the free time. (laughs) And then it was a yoga session. Don't go too many cities away. Yes. So then there was... Additional free time or breathwork prep yoga for another hour. So you went to do the yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was that with the the tall fellow who kind of looked like Shia LaBeouf? Yes. Yes. Totally. I like we'll him. We'll call him Shia. Yeah. A very intense gaze to this guy. Yeah. And uh, he had long hair, which he'd often tie in the back. Right. Uh, but he was one of the facilitators, and uh, he leads an awesome yoga session. Yeah, he did a really good yoga session. I was really impressed because there was definitely a variety of skill levels, mm-hmm. at mine at least. And there were people who were just in child's pose, which is one of the simpler poses, like would just hold that through most of the session. And he was just like, this is great. Like, good on you. Do what your body needs. It's just very nurturing and cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I took the additional free time to go lay down because I was still tired. We had had our late night and I hadn't gotten to bed till much after we arrived. So I was light on sleep. So I set my alarm because I knew you were going to be doing your breathwork session soon. Yes. So I wanted to make sure I was woken up 15 minutes beforehand and could get over there. I was all dressed for it and everything. So set my alarm, fell asleep. So when the session was ready to start, you were there. I was, and I set up our little mats, and I looked around, and I was like, huh, Ross isn't here yet. That's okay. Huh, uh uh-oh, time's getting later, 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 later. And then I saw your roommate, Mm -hmm. and I went up to him, and I said, hey, do you know Ross is? And he said, oh, he's asleep. (laughs) That's how he said it. You could have woken him up. (laughs) Yeah, so my alarm went off exactly when it was supposed to, and I had the memory of doing that. Okay, I turn it off, and I'm just going to lay here for a second. Right, right. And yeah, then I woke up a little bit later, and I was like, oh, five minutes till her thing starts. So I'm like, you know, putting my shoes on, and I'm running off there. And and it's, it's quite a trek. From, ah, we were staying in the caravansary. Yes, the caravansary of joy. Ooh. So on either side of the food area, there were these rooms that would accommodate two people called caravansaries. Yes. Which is a term. 
I had to look that one up. And uh, and And so they don't lock the doors. They're just like, we trust you. And it's kind of on the other side. That's true. It's kind of on the other side of this campus. So uh, you just have to sort of shuffle off to Buffalo. And there was like a still a silent meditation retreat going on. Yeah. Like we were sharing the campus with another group that had been there for a few days. So we couldn't take the central most direct route. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like the theme of this place was much like the labyrinth in the center that you never go directly for your destination. So it required like kind of getting out of the caravansary, going around a few extra posts in the way, and then getting out to this main road and then walking over. So it took a good you know six minutes to get over there. And then you have to make a right turn and go up to the sanctuary. So I'm, I'm scuttling along. Oh, no, I'm late, Ross, I'm late. Isn't it kind of a lesson in itself that sometimes you can't go directly from A to B? You have to go the long way, but that doesn't mean you won't get there. Yeah, I joked about that with Jeff later. Like, I think they're trying to teach us a lesson about (laughs) destinations and the journey. I'm actually surprised they didn't capitalize on that. There were a few people who would drive their cars back and forth. Oh, wow. From the caravansary to the sanctuary. Wow. Just to save on time. So anyways, yeah, I made it like maybe three minutes late and everyone was still setting up. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm here for you. Because we had already partnered up. They had you choose who your partner was going to be. You and I decided to be partners. At first, I wasn't sure, like, oh, do do I want to pick someone different so they kind of keep me more honest? But the way they were describing this, I was thinking, okay, I I think Carrie and I can do a great job of being uh, partners. So you always have one person who's the breather and the other person's the sitter. And uh, yeah, I didn't mention earlier in that introduction session, we also had these fun exercises where we would all space out, you know, get a distance from each other so you could wave your arms around. And they would have us do these exercises where we would just like make any wild sound we wanted to whatever came to us and while they played music yes right to kind of drown us out and then you know move your arms around if you want to like one of those wind driven things in front of a car dealership Uh (laughs) you could do that or you know you could stretch or whatever came to you it's like be joyful the way a child's joyful energy coming out all my fingertips dance like no one's watching yeah yeah but everybody's watching and so (laughs) uh, it was awesome so i was like oh you know this is fun and like we're all we're all yelling and making mighty yops and stuff and i was thinking, there should be more opportunities in life to do this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. They would have us just walk around until we kind of encountered somebody else. Yeah, made eye contact. And at first you would just stop and talk to them for a bit and say, oh, hi, I'm from here. Welcome to our seminar. Oh, that's right. Yeah, welcome to our seminar. And then you would have a conversation and then they would have us walk around. And when you encountered someone, you would just stop and stare into each other's eyes for 15 seconds. The idea was to not get uncomfortable and look away. We're doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because we we eventually ran across each other as like the last mm-hmm. people we encountered. It's funny because there's a couple things. You're really close to the person. So it's that thing where you look in their right eye and then you're like, oh, I'm neglecting the left eye. Uh-huh. And you switch back and forth. And you're like, oh, now it's just it's becoming obvious that I'm switching eyes. Right, right. And then you're wanting to be serious about this and not like smirky. But you also don't want to look too like I'm upset to see you or I'm right. I'm just generally surly. So you're trying to find this weird expression somewhere between a resting face and a smiling face. Right. So that was interesting. But I had these nice long stares and I felt like I had a connection now to these people and I thought this is something we should do more in life oh I don't want to do that part more if you see me you're like hey I know Ross he's from the podcast just walk up and and stare at me for 15 seconds actually that would be a great way to just like (laughs) subtly tell us that you're a fan but you don't want to you don't want to make it known to the rest of the world we'll have a little soul connection moment steady eye contact so then I don't want that though just to be clear (laughs) 
she will use the safe word, which is stop. Stop. <laughs> so uh, then they had us uh, move around and find another person who was going to be your partner. And they told us, if you're here with someone, you have a relationship, uh, you know, just use your common sense. Maybe you don't want to be each other's sitter and breather. Maybe you want to branch out. Especially if it's like you've known each other a little while and you're dating and you're going to have to, you're still in the I need to impress you stage. Then right. you're not going to feel comfortable really opening up and drooling and shit in front of this person. <laughs> right, exactly. So we paired up because we want to see each other drool. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And you asked me if I would go first and I felt like, oh, I can I can finally be the one sentence the lion's done for Ross. Oh, good. <laughs> I was glad that you were willing to do it. Yeah, because I was nervous and I wanted a chance to see other people do this first to get an idea of what's expected and what, what's happening here. And so, yeah, thankfully, you you volunteered to go first and you seemed excited to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, I was really excited. Awesome. And so they had booked a good solid three and a half hours for this whole thing. Yes. So that we could get Holy set up moly. and that you'd have three hours. This is this is why we're here. Yeah. Out of the day, there are three hours where you're actually doing this. Which is a short percentage of your total time there, but a really long time when you're actually in it. Yes. Yeah. To sit, lay down really in one place for three hours. That's and, and, and while that's you're awake. And that's the more exciting version. The <laughs> sitter version, you're just watching your partner do the breathing Indeed. and that is it. Now, so we were off in a corner of, again, the sanctuary it has a polished wooden floor, at least in the center area. There's carpet around, but there's this nice, you know, the kind of wooden floor where you can, uh, in your socks, do the risky business thing and slide across. <laughs> It, sure. Which I did a few times because ah. what are you going to do? And uh, so we were off towards the entrance. I was sitting next to Carrie. They'd given me a little prop up kind of seat. And yeah, you're down on this. They had mats for everybody, kind of a foam mat. And you, right. you've put down a sheet and yep. a pillow. Hello. And you've got a blanket on top of you, mm-hmm. like a light blanket. Which is optional, mm-hmm. but I took it. Excellent. So we'll tell you now how to do holotropic breathing. Yeah, yeah. Here's what you done do if you want a holotropic breathe. Now, first, we should tell you, you're supposed to do this with someone watching and preferably someone who's done it before. So if something happens to you, that's on you. Yes. So I would not recommend following along as we describe how to do this. Correct. Yeah. Also, you won't hear most of this episode if you do. Right. Okay. You breathe in. And uh, you want to breathe into your diaphragm so that it puffs out real hard and you look pregnant. You did a good job of that. Thank your you. Your stomach really expanded. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's impressive. Uh, well, you know, formal singing and acting training. Oh, okay. It's no big deal. So yeah, you fill it, your diaphragm, but you want to fill it to like 95%. Really? You don't want to get that really satisfying final stretch feeling. Then you've gone too far. Okay. Then you immediately breathe out and you breathe out to a about 95%. So again, you don't get that satisfying last, you don't Mm, get that. mm -hmm. So what you're doing is you're eliminating these little pauses between our breaths that we take for granted, but are actually very important to our breathing. Mm -hmm. The part in between your in-breath and your out-breath. Right. And they're recommending that you do this all through your mouth. And they've recommended that you bring along chapstick. And again, it's like, oh, well, of course, you don't have to do that. You can also breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth or whatever's most comfortable for you. But we found that because of the emotional nature of this, most people, when they're feeling very emotional, they breathe in and out through their mouths. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true. But (laughs) yeah, they had us wear chapstick for this. And you're also wearing a light proof mask. Right. Also, you can speed this up if you want. So some people do it slowly, but still. They say it should be faster than your normal breathing. But right. Of course, you can do it any way you want. <laughs> but some people are like, 
for three hours. Oh, crazy. Which is nuts. That is nuts. That's exhausting. Yeah. And yeah, the idea is that, that you enter into this cyclic breathing that just doesn't have an end to it. It's just in, out, in, right. out, in, out. No pausing. But it's deep, but you're not giving your body time to absorb it. So right. it's weird. You're breathing, but it feels like there's kind of an oxygen deprivation going on. So is that your theory? That's my theory. That's what I think is happening. That's what I would have thought was happening too. Yeah. Guess what? You have the same amount of oxygen. Guess what you don't uh, have? Wait, let me think. Uh, hmm, a chance to expel carbon dioxide? No, you're not getting enough carbon dioxide. <gasps> Interesting. And if you do that long enough, it alkalizes your blood levels. Whoa, what? Yeah. And so you go basically into hyperventilation syndrome. <laughs> and one of the symptoms of that is light hallucinations. hey yeah. Okay, well, that settles it. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So yeah, so it was time for me to give it a try. They put you in the, the mask, and I loved it. It was called the Mindfold. Oh, yes. It's awesome. So it's just an eye mask like you might wear to bed. But, but... It's called Mindfold. Mindfold. Yes, you really liked that. <laughs> Got many a chuckle out of that. Uh, like blindfold, mm, but, but for your minds. Yes, yeah. Mindfold. Yeah. They also, while you're breathing, they turn up this very emotional music, the kind of music that should score a very dramatic movie. Oh, I'm calling it tribal trance music. Some it, of it was, not all of it was. Yeah, but the first yeah. song that oh, gets you sure. into this. It's, the first it's, one it's, 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 could have been from The Lion King. Right. Yeah. A lot of that, which I enjoy. Yeah. Oh, I kept waiting for the Lion King to come. I was like, it's gonna happen. I just know it. That would have made the experience. Yeah, but it didn't. Yeah. So one of the things they told us is that when you're a sitter, the music will seem very, very loud and you might want to put in earbuds. Yeah, they passed around little disposable earplugs. Earplugs. Yeah. And Carrie's like, well, why don't we get them? And now I get why. It's yeah, true. You need like, that music. Well, you need it. But even if it were, you don't even need it softened because when you go into this weird state, everything is just a bit muted. Muted. The outside world. Yeah. Yep. It's weird. So anyway, you're probably thinking they can't possibly have told us the entire breathing exercise. What? I just breathe fast and don't do those last 5% and I of my breath. Loud trance music. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. That's it. There's a way. Yeah, like it took seconds. I, I started doing it and within, well, you watched. How long do you think it took? A minute? Oh, for you to get into it? Yeah. Oh, you were in it within at the most two or three minutes. This is so crazy. Yeah. Like I just learned to do it. So I see Carrie and she's got the belly coming up, going uh-huh. down. Wow, whoa, what range? And... <laughs> <laughs> and and so as you're doing this, like your your shoulders start moving kind of back and forth a little bit as you're there in bed and then your feet are kind of adjusting your hips really and you're doing this kind of shimmy. And uh, <laughs> You're doing it now and it's very funny. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it would alternate between like funny and a little sexy, you know, uh-huh. so doing this whole thing. Then it increases in motion. It's going faster and faster. Then carries, I'm modeling this for no one but you. <laughs> but yeah, you're doing this quick, you know, motion where you're sort of dancing in place. Oh, I guess it must be working for yeah, her. Or she's great at performing this out. <laughs> right. And, and I'm looking around and I'm already seeing what other people are doing, but I'll let you say more about your experience. Okay, well, 
I pretty quickly had a, a very vivid vision, and it would be my most vivid one for the rest of the experience, which is a little bit of a letdown, but oh well. Uh, so my first vision was that I was on a slaughter truck with a bunch of pigs who were headed for slaughter, and I could just like feel their fear, and there was kind of a sense of like, oh, I'm just a watcher. I'm not a pig. I'm not mm, like going to my but own But you're slaughter. in the truck with them. But I'm here with them, and is, it's terrible. Is the back ramp open? Well, I think at first I wasn't facing the back ramp, so I didn't realize it. But then I turned around and saw that Lily, a pig that I actually knew who lived at a sanctuary where I used to work, that she was there on the edge of the truck, like trying Carrie to jump out. has a longstanding relationship with Lily. Yeah. Had so met Lily and has a tattoo of Lily. It's true. So Lily actually jumped from a slaughter truck and saved her own life when she was a baby. Brave pig. And yeah, and someone went and got her and brought her to farm sanctuary and she lived there another 10 years. But I've thought about that moment in her life like so much. Mm. That and that's what came Came to you right away. And yeah, so I was on the truck with Lily. I turn around and I see her and I see her looking out and you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, this is the scene where Lily jumps. Mm, so I guess mm -hmm. she's going to jump. But then she didn't. We just stood there watching the road for like a really long time. Oh, interesting. And then I had this thought like, oh, you know, I had always thought, wow, what, like you say, what a brave pig, like what a scary thing to do, jump off a truck. And then I realized, oh, this truck's fucking scary too. Like it was scary no matter which way she went and she still like did this amazing thing. Yeah, and out, I don't know, that was like, that felt like a really big realization in the moment. Out of the fire into the frying pan. Yeah, so that felt like it went on for like a couple of songs, but I'm not sure. Okay. And the songs are long. The songs are like seven minutes. Yeah, and you lose sense of time, right? right? Yeah, so after that, after that went away, you will kind of dip in and out of the experience. Sometimes you start to be more aware of like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm on a mat in this room. And then I would just go back to the breathing when that happened. Right. So my visions from there out were not as narrative. They'd be things like, I'm in a rocket in space. Oh, shit. I'm going to be shot out of the rocket. Wee! The end. So nice. <laughs> like that would happen and it would just be images or like super short stories. I did see death, though. Whoa. So death, you'll be glad to know. Yeah, what is, does it look like? It's a triangle. It's, oh. it's not as big a deal as you thought. Oh, like a certain color of triangle? Yeah, it's black. So here's what it's mm. like. It's like the- Cliché death. It's Cliché. like an aperture of a camera. Mm -hmm. It's closing in, but it's only three-sided, so it closes in as a triangle. Okay. And then- Outside of that triangle, you can see space and you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit. When that triangle closes, I'm going to be shot out of it. Ah! And I did feel scared. Okay. <laughs> I was scared of death. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. the first thought was like, oh, I'm going to be alone when that happens. Oh, no. Because we all die alone. Well, that's it for our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, those are my most vivid ones. <laughs> okay. So what was I doing? Oh, yeah. So the, the shimming continued for a long time. And yeah, you were just grooving. I'm looking around and other people are getting into it quickly too. And I'm constantly looking at the other sitters, the ones kind of near me, and we're giving each other the nods and yeah, yeah, we're in this together. And <laughs> Way to sit. Yeah, we're waiting for hand gestures, anything that, you know, might indicate that you need water or chapstick right, or, right. or a bathroom motion. Yeah, or if your hands are moving around, we get a pillow under them. So you're not putting it against the cold hard floor and that's taking you out of the experience. So yeah, we're all kind of running around. There's this one guy near me and oh, he's flipped around around completely and he's face down planted and he's just sprawled 
world spread eagle. And so they're struggling. The facilitators are helping out and trying to get pillows underneath all of his limbs. Oh, man. So most of the pillows have been diverted to this effort because he's got like this extra mat essentially around him of eight pillows. And uh, then there's this other guy who's dramatically risen up so that he's on his shins essentially, but then his body is erect in the air like at a at an angle and he's yelling things like come and get me (laughs) (laughs) i'm here oh cool yeah like, oh okay doing something right and then there's other people nearby and they're just completely still every time i look at them like oh i hope it's working for them yeah and then there's another lady who's kind of on all fours and she's arching her back she's into it and it might be a sexual thing i don't know but we're told that it's very common for people to have kind of sexual experiences right. as well but told do not involve your sitter in your weird <laughs> sexual fantasy we right. were told this a few times right they are there to support you but uh, don't touch not them not to fuck you in yeah in, in other terms but that was the intention <laughs> yeah there's just all kinds of things going on and we're hearing people yell like oh, oh. Mm-hmm. both female and and male moans and yells throughout the sanctuary there, which is uh, this large 10-sided room, and they've kind of covered all the windows, so it's nice and dark. Well, actually, I guess it is lit in there, come to think of it. I'm yeah, there's some natural light. I'm thinking of it as dark, but it was toward the evening for this one, so it right. did get naturally dark during your session, because it's three hours. Uh, so yeah, you were doing your shimmy thing for a while, and eventually it did kind of calm down, and then your breathing slowed down, and you were just kind of sitting there for a while. There were maybe a song and a half in a row where you you weren't breathing much, and for a while, like I couldn't even tell for <laughs> sure. Breathing you were breathing at all. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like that moment where you're a new parent and you're watching your baby in the crib, and you're like, oh no. Oh, no, like, oh, I'm going to wake her up, but I got. Hmm, I, I need to make sure she's breathing. So I put my hand over your mouth and, okay, no, I, don't, I still don't feel anything. So I'm putting my ear next to your face. Okay, oh, no, no, she's breathing. Okay, she's good. <laughs> it's also one of those scary things where you're like, if they are dead, they've been dead a while. <laughs> right, yeah. And then I want to record this episode a lot. Like, oh, this is how Carrie died. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, then after you hadn't moved for a while, I did call over one of the facilitators just to say, hey, is it okay? Okay, because they told us hey, if they're not moving for a while, maybe we can tap them and wake them up if they fall Give asleep. Give them a breathing reminder. Facilitator's like, no, no, she's good. That's fine. Yeah, then eventually you kind of started with the heavy breathing again. And I think you had maybe another one of your uh, episodes there. And uh, at one point you did indicate that you wanted some water. So poured some water for you. Thank you. Yep. And then at one point you needed to go to the bathroom and they had a protocol for that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so they have you stand up and put your hands on the shoulder of your sitter and your sitter slowly walks you to the bathroom because you feel drunk. Yeah. You stand up and you are wobbly and like the floor is coming at you at a weird angle and like it's weird. Yeah, I remember... Yeah, I think you got up briefly, maybe like just kind of lean forward to have the water. And and I saw that expression of like, whoa, I feel woozy and tipsy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we walked you over to the bathroom and you want to like keep your eyes mostly closed as the breather uh, so you don't lose this moment. So then mm-hmm. you go into the bathroom and then you put your hands back on the shoulders of the person. They lead you back to your mat and carry on. Yeah. Ross on. uh, Yeah, so then you had another hour maybe after that. And I forgot two things. One is that I did have a vision of a mushroom growing under me and it made my arms like puff out. We talked about it afterward. You were like, oh, you put your hands over your head. Yes. Yeah, and that was like this mushroom that I watched grow and then it just got like too big. And so my arms got pushed out by the mushroom in front of me. So you were on shrooms, whether <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You had consumed any. 
And then I think I got a little bit of tetany, which is something they warned yes, us about. Yes, you did. That's right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't familiar with this, so explain tetany. I hadn't heard of it either, but I looked it up. So apparently, if you get into a state like this where, where you're carbon dioxide deprived, your muscles will tense up, especially in your ah. hands and feet. Yeah, you had this kind of like, I'm a witch and I'm <laughs> casting a spell right. kind of hand gesture or uh, almost like a possession sort of thing. And yeah, your hands are sort of twisted around. I was like, cool. <laughs> it's like she's having a good time. Yeah, and then it's- It's a little painful, right? Yeah, it's a weird feeling because then like it, it hurts a little bit because you're just sort of stretching it for too long, too hard. And then when you try to undo it, it feels like it's coming unglued or something. Mm. It's just like very slowly, like you're fighting against an invisible force to get it open again. Weird. Yeah, but they warned us about it. They did. And if you have any real discomfort, just kind of raise your hand. Your sitter can call one of the assistants over and they'll help you with some energy work to help- release tension and their whole deal was you know if something feels pressure or hurt they put more pressure on it to kind of get it to that extreme point and then it will sort of bounce back right and you had that at the end with your shoulder your right shoulder was sore i, I think it was my right hip oh that was at the very end but there was oh, okay. a moment where I did the energy oh, work okay. on you where i pushed against your shoulder and you pushed back toward it for a while and then you said oh yeah that helps it's like a Weird massage, but a massage nonetheless. Right. I, I feel like this would have made for a really fun time lapse video if everybody could see you kind of doing this like quick little shimmy, 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 shimmy. And then me doing this reposition, reposition. Okay, yeah, lay this totally. Way, put my foot out this way. Go lay on this side. Move the pillow. So I would be in the time lapse. I would be like just quickly running around. Yeah, yeah, running around and like changing positions quickly and rotating. And you would be just in the same spot, but shimmy, 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 head to the side, head to the other side, right. head to the other side. Well, I attempted to do that with you when Ooh. you were a breather. Oh, yeah. I took a time lapse video, but my phone would only do it for eight minutes or something, which turns into 30 seconds. But people can see it on facebook.com forward slash on rack. I was trying to sneak a photo of you and I was just feeling really self-conscious because felt like well first of all they told us no cell phones in the original phone call don't, right don't bring cell phones they don't belong in this area but then, but then you, told us to silence ourselves right and you saw everybody had cell phones so it's like i'm taking my cell phone and so i was trying to like get a clandestine photo of you while you were in the midst of this and i was just hyper aware of all of the people around so i'm waiting for the facilitators to be gone the other sitters to be looking somewhere else and i'm trying to hold up the camera and i just feel like i'm breaking some bond between sitter and yeah and breather even though i, thought, I no, you'd want I me know to. that's what I kept thinking when you were under. I was like, oh, I wish I had just like said really loudly to Ross, like, is it okay if I take your picture? So that, but even so, I think mentioning that in the room would make other people self conscious. Oh, perhaps. Yeah, and I didn't want to involve them in that or make them feel like they might be photographed. Yeah, in this very intimate setting. So, anyways, I, I did manage to get one kind of blurry photo of you. No mm -hmm. oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So it goes on for three hours. Yes. Music. A long time. Yeah. And it changes modes. So you'll have kind of the softer, more chariots of fire theme. Like There music. was some traditional Celtic, Irish type music too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and sometimes piratey kind of music like mm. High Seas Adventure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then when it was done, I definitely felt like I was Coming back to my body and I was like, ready for this to be done. Mm -hmm. I, at the time, I remember thinking, you know, two hours would have been fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, so then they slowly like 
bring the lights up. Uh, all the sitters turn to the breathers and are like, how you doing? And you sit up and they don't want you to get up right away because you're going to be really woozy. Mm-hmm. A staff person will come to each breather and be like, how are we doing? They've made a big deal out of this. Like, we don't want you just walking out without us giving you the sign off. Right. We need to get our approval to leave because, you know, we have ways of seeing if you're not mentally prepared right. to go back out into the world. So Michael came down to sit with you and he sat very intimately next to you and kind of, oh, uh-huh. oh did he put his hand on your shoulder or something? Oh, my back, baby. Okay. Just somehow it just felt very intimate. Oh, uh, uh-huh. The exchange, you know, is very close to you and smiling and very sweet and just asking how you feel. Mm-hmm. And if you say anything like, oh yeah, you know, I have a little, maybe a little crick in my neck, but it's okay. They'll be like, crick in the neck, crick in the neck over here. We're getting energy <laughs> work on this neck. <laughs> so Scalpel, forceps. Yeah. I learned quickly to be like, oh, yep, no, all better. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you had mentioned, oh, my, my hip's just a little sore. Yeah, it, from, you know, just from laying there in one position. Okay, okay, we're no, going to no, fix no. this. We're, we're going to make it better. Yeah. I think maybe he felt a little uncomfortable, you know, maybe pressing against your hip. Yeah. And so he, he had me do it. And so I'd push against your hip and you would then have to push out against my hand. Right. And on the slippery floor, that was quite a feat. Like uh-huh. just trying to uh, outpower your hip, which is a lot stronger than my hand. You would release that and we do it again, release it, do it again. And then you're like, a little better now. Wow, all perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to go to dinner. Yeah. But or you first, don't get to go to no, dinner. First, you go and you draw a mandala. Which essentially just means they've given you a piece of paper and they've drawn a circle on it in pencil and you draw inside the circle. This isn't the standard definition of mandala, which is like a spiritual symbol from Hinduism or Buddhism. Mm-hmm. In their mind, the same idea because, yeah, because it's in a circle and you're going to draw something empowering probably from your experience. Yeah, you reflect upon your experience and later on there's going to be a, a session where you share what happened, whatever you want to share from it. So this is your chance to kind of get these ideas out and collect your uh, experience. I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah. I mean, it was right before dinner. So I was definitely like, get, <laughs> the, oh, get this thing down. Uh, yeah. So how are I you feeling Lily. at this point? Uh, tired? I don't know if I was tired. Probably just from being up so early. Yeah. I, and I think you were kind of saying that I might have difficulty because the next one we do would be the next morning. Right. And you were saying, oh, you're going to be kind of freshly woken up. I'm glad I did it when I was just a little more sleepy. Yeah, I think that's right because sleepiness helps with so many things, like uh, so many consciousness type things because it allows you to get into the hypnagogic state really easily. Sleep is an altered state of consciousness. That's true. Not quite asleep, but kind of in that hazy state can be really good if you're trying to meditate or astral project. It's half the work Yeah, if you're already in a hypnagogic state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I was like, ooh, I wouldn't want to do that having just woken up. I don't even like doing float tanks when I've just woken up. Up. Mm. Mm. Well, Carrie, that sounds like a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. where else could people find even more fun? They're going to stop listening to this podcast at some point because we're going to we're going to stop talking. What can they do to hear more entertaining audio? Well, there's nothing you can do that's more fun than holotropic breath work. But mm-hmm. if you've just run short, yeah, there's just no more. Then you can turn to maximumfun.org for fine podcasts. Ooh, like this one. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. 
You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a flobie, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman. So you drew a picture of Lily the pig. I did. I think I cranked that sucker out in a good four minutes. Yeah, you're like, let's go to dinner now. (laughs) And we went upstairs and oh, the dinner. It was good. I wish I could remember what it was. I think it was uh, the lemon stuff with lemon and more I lemon. think it was the like bean stew that yes, had- Yes, at actual like lemon chunks. Le- yeah. <laughs> you had to pull those out. Those were a bit <laughs> that intense. That was really weird. But it was like a garbanzo-based stew. And it had artichoke hearts in it. Really that good. That was pretty cool. Really good. Yeah, all the food was good. Yeah, And then I there don't... would be desserts as well, and the desserts were good. Yeah, and they always there had was... a vegan and a non-vegan. Yeah, there was carrot cake and a carrot crumble kind of thing. Yeah, night. oh, ginger crumble. That, okay, that was- was it? I had them both and they were great. They were so good. Guys. I, I went back for more carrot cake. You should go to this just for the food. Mm-mm. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. So after that, we went to sharing group. Yeah. So we go back to the sanctuary. So the, the eating area happens to be that same friendship hall where we went for the Whitley Strieber talk and the first talk that we went to where they talked about the Nordics and the blondes. Yeah, we're calling back to the UFO episodes again. If right. I was confused. So we were familiar with this space, but now it was weird because they didn't have the projector up there. Yeah. And they didn't have the rows of seats instead. It was just dining tables. But they still had their library, which yeah. is pretty great. We got a chance to check out their little sharing library. We both wandered over there and oh boy, what a range of books. Yeah, they had The Born Supremacy, but they also had a bunch of evangelical Christian books. Like but... Frank Peretti, Cooper Kids Adventures that I used to read when I was a kid. But they also had prophecies about the world ending in the 80s. I mean, it was Everything. Yeah, and then all the spiritual stuff that you would expect at this retreat in the desert. Right. It seems like it was kind of a take a book, leave a book kind yeah. of Yeah. Oh, there's Tom Clancy. And yeah, there's right. just every exactly. conceivable type of book. So uh, I was saying if someone locked me in there for two months it with would be food, fun. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. I can Not I can the worst dig. thing. Yeah. We left Friendship Hall. We went back to the sanctuary for sharing group. Mm-hmm. And at sharing group, only the breathers would share at first. And if, if there was extra time, the sitters could share too. Makes sense. So, And this is where they had the two minute, you get a light warning. Two and a half minutes, you get the sterner warning. Right. You don't have to stop in the middle of your sentence, but please conclude your thought. Right. Which I think on only happened once. Uh, no, it happened at least three times. I'd oh, say. okay. So we all sat in a circle again and we're passing this microphone from breather to breather and saying what our most important visions were basically. And it seems like almost everyone had a positive experience. Almost, yeah. There were a few who would say something along the lines of like, it was interesting. I'm going to have to process it a little bit more where you could tell like this wasn't all good for them. Mm -hmm. I told them all about Lily the pig. And I think you were standing next to me. A guy came up to me afterward and was like, oh, I loved that story. 
Yeah. This guy was a, a gentle giant of a man. Yeah. Just the sweetest person imaginable. So yeah, he yeah. came by to say, oh, I love the way you told the story. And oh, I just want to see your illustration again. I said, oh, this is great. It was really sweet. <laughs> Most people seem to have positive experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some, yeah, I feel like I'm going to figure this out more and more over the coming days. Felt like most people definitely had an experience. Yeah, I there was no one who said, you know, oh, it didn't work for me. Didn't work for me. I sat there like a potato. Yeah. So that gave me encouragement. Yeah, both encouragement and the encroaching feeling that you will definitely be the only one if it happens. Right. At the very end, they did ask for the sitters to share their thoughts and one woman summed up what i was feeling really well which is that you have this kind of sense of camaraderie with the other sitters like oh we've been through this together oh yeah we're all fellow compatriots so then what did we do then sharing group was over and there was time where you could use the pool or the jacuzzi but i was like wiped yeah they were saying it's a good idea after breathing to uh, go to the jacuzzi and let that warmth envelop you. Again, they couldn't just say, yeah, it's nice and comfy to be in a warm pool. It was like, <laughs> it simulates the birth environment. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> like, all right, sure. <laughs> I guess I can't say it doesn't simulate the birth environment. Fair. So uh, rather than go get in our amniotic sack, we uh, headed back to our respective rooms. And I was hoping to maybe read for a while. I think I did a bit of that. I read a little bit of The Handmaid's Tale while we were there. Oh, nice. I was reading. Oh, you know what? I was listening to Doubt on audiobook. And oh, man, I can't recommend that book enough. It is a huge book, but I recommend the audiobook version. It's not as intimidating. It's like a 500 page, really dense book. I was playing Disney Sum Sum while listening to Jennifer. <laughs> well, someone else read Jennifer Michael Heck. I went back and hung out with Yvette, who again, real cool lady. Mm-hmm. And then finally got to go to bed and then couldn't sleep right away. Oh, no. You need your rest. I know. I was so tired. But does this ever happen to you where you're like, you're so tired that it's like your body turns into wired mode to like help you out and then you can't yep. sleep? Oh. Yep, yep, yep. No, but, but body, this is exactly when I need to sleep and right. I only this have This is X what you want time. so desperately, body. This is what you want. We are on the same side. Why are you not sleeping? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, yeah. I dropped off pretty quickly. I didn't interact too much with Jeff. And at this point, he had also already kind of stated that he was sort of irritable. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, at least he knows. So I was like, oh, no, I don't want to get on his bad side or anything. So, you know, we were having friendly but kind of minimal interactions at this point. So that was it. That day and night, and that was the first day. Exciting. So you've already had your holotropic breathwork experience. Yeah, I knew that you, no matter what, this was a success for me. Awesome. You know what? I was nervous going to bed because, yeah, I was still nervous. Like, okay, you just can't overthink this. Stop thinking about it. You're just going <laughs> to follow the instructions and do stop what they say. Stop thinking about it. I said stop. <laughs> yeah, both of us are like trying to control our wily minds and bodies. And uh, so, yeah, we went to bed. Oh, and Carrie, this was September 23rd. Mm, correct. Did the world end? No, why? Oh, that's weird. I thought I was supposed to, right? mm I think that's in October, and I think it's always been in October. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. I guess this is probably where we should leave our audience in suspense. Does Ross actually go through with this? Do I live through this experience? Does he die? Is he dead? Do I die from lack of carbon dioxide? I I feel like it's the end of the Rocky and Bullwinkle episode. Will they fall down the canyon? (laughs) Or will they make their way to the moon? Or get smart on a rare to be continued. So that's it for our show. We'll be back next time to tell you more about our holotropic breathwork experience. That's right. 
And our theme music was written, performed, and harmonized by Brian Keith Dalton. Originally made for his dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. It the, used to be a song about his dog. Cookie doodle, cookie doodle. Oh. You're my cookie doodle, cookie doodle, cookie doodle. You're my cookie doodle do. Okay. Like I thought that. it was just cookie, cookie, cookie. Our producer and co-editor is Ian Kramer. Who has a new baby girl. Baby girl. Little tiny baby, we won't experiment on her, we promise. I'm making no such promise. Russ really did like get lost in thought as I said that. <laughs> like, oh, wait, wait, Is, Carrie. Wait, hang on. That yeah, might yeah. be a good experiment we maybe, could do that was say. Maybe he would consent <laughs> to having his daughter be a guinea pig. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash onrec, or you can just go to fb.com slash onrec if you're, you're hip and with it, yo. What? And I what? am. You can support this and all our future investigations by going to maximumfund.com org forward slash donate and becoming a member becoming a monthly member is the only way to directly help us donate <laughs> exactly and thank you to all our donors you are the best yeah. and uh, you can also support us by leaving us a positive review on itunes give us five stars or tell us how wonderful we are yeah exactly we will read it and we will feel a sense of satisfaction and other people will find us as a result yeah that's what you really want right other people that you can talk to about this show yeah. at the water cooler. Yes. Did you know we also have merch? We do. It's true. At MaximumFun.org. There's Go a the store. store. And remember, in the words of Stanislav Grof, the founder of Holotropic Breathing. The ideas, the inspiration that can come from an ordinary state can help later when the person returns into the ordinary state, you know, to uh, substantially improve one's uh, way of being in the world. Advocates of this theory suggest inspirational ideas can come from a transpersonal realm, hidden from everyday awareness. That the dreamlike imagery in altered states often contains solutions to the questions on our minds. you with the headphones just between you and me the max fun store just got some of that sweet sweet new merchant stock you know that merch from your favorite max fun shows could be posters tote bags shirts stickers patches aprons we got it all well we got a lot point is there's some new stuff go to maxfunstore.com maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported